0: Okay, December 27th, lesson 2.1, Ruth and Nick, Three, oh, oh yeah, I said the time, three, two, one.
1: Welcome back, nerds. As you know, it's Ruth and Nick here. We're unpacking another seed lesson today, and today it's going to be lesson 2.1, First Principles. So thank you for being here and we're never going to stop thanking you for making um, and taking full responsibility for your health. So we want to thank you for that. Right, Nick? Of course. Yeah, and that's always got to be, we always just have to be grateful for that. So thank you. And we do want to say if you have questions, you can reach out to us on Slack. Um, So we're going to dig into our lesson today on first principles. So first principles, we have to first define what first principles are and why they are super important, um, why they're coming in block one and- um, Block two. I mean, sorry, block two, 2.1. Yeah, here we are, 2.1. And uh, this, is, this is an important, uh, I know we keep saying that this is the most important one, but this really is a super important lesson because first principles, um, are going to give you, gives us in general, the uh, toolbox, like the foundation for laying down whatever health practices that we decide that we want to implement in our own lives, like basing um, our basing all of our actions and our ideas on first principles and moving forward from that are gonna, is, is really key. So we first want to define what first principles are, And for for our intents and purposes, we're gonna be talking about first principles with regard to human physiology, but first principles are any base layer assumption that we agree on to be true. So uh, when we go to school, all of our math classes, our science classes, philosophy classes are somehow uh, taught from the foundation of first principles. And then that is the layer from any further reasoning that we do, we come from a first principles um, foundation. So Nikki Pop, do you want to take it from there and talk about the uh, first principles definitions?
0: Sure. Yeah, I think uh, the working definition that I use and, you know, everyone... When it comes to definitions, even if I look up one word, there's often like five definitions listed. So everyone has some degree of choice as to what definition they adopt. And mine for first principles is sort of a, a basic assumption that can't be deduced any further. So it's like the, the most foundational thing we can say with certainty to be true, uh, which means that they're really deep things because we can't say a lot of things collectively as being 100% true. Um And something is only true in so far as it hasn't been proven wrong, but these first principles of physiology are essentially things that have had a high frequency of confirmation and are sort of rooted deeply in, um, basic, basic level understanding of biology and how biology works. So first principle, basic assumption that can't be deduced any further. Um, Aristotle said that the first principles are the first basis from which a thing is known. And so if we're talking about health, um, you know, first principles are essentially the base layer assumptions that we all collectively use to guide our process of discovering truth. And they're kind of like the anchor that that kind of holds all of our perspectives together. And I think it's really important that we, as a community of nerds, um, achieve sort of consensus agreement on the first principles, because that's really what allows us to do um, coherent collective sense-making, right? Like to make sense of the world, we must have some fundamental beliefs that we share together, which hopefully reflect objective truths. Um, And health is pretty complex. And so when you start with first principles, it essentially allows us to break down the complexity of health into its basic elements uh, that we know to be true, and then to sort of rebuild things from there. And the, the alternative to reasoning by first principles is reasoning by analogy, is believing what someone else said Um, and the fact that they've put in enough work to vet through what they just said and done all the research and then building off of that. So we take someone else's work and we build on top of it. But often what happens is if we do that enough times, we start to lose a strong foothold in truth. Whereas if we go deep, deep down into first principles, which is a lot more work, it allows us to really bite down on the core truths, the fundamental truths, and then build our own truth from there together. And so, um, you know, when we begin reassembling health from first principles, we allow ourselves to kind of shed, shed away poor assumptions, uh, or poor reasoning that we may have kind of picked up along the way. And so, yeah, first principles enables like novel ways of thinking about things because you're only limited by physics and, and sort of the physics of biology. You're not limited by anything else that, um, that may not reflect reality. So yeah, yeah, it's harder to think from first principles, but I think it's really important for us all to agree that first principles thinking is important and to agree on the fundamental first principles that we apply in health.
1: So, so one of the things I was thinking about when we were preparing for this lesson is how, if we come from a first principle base layer assumption, which we're going to unpack a few of these in a few, in a few moments, um, that the nerds or the people, anyone who is Um, reclaiming and taking responsibility for their health and starting from the base layer you have that base layer and then you and then you as the nerd the foot nerd provide the why you're doing that and so when you have the first principle and then you have your personal why the how becomes so much easier right so I think you know with everything we're talking about the the What we're trying to do is cut through the signal of noise you know like we we have been talking a lot about like how we get external cues and there's so much information like you were saying about what what health is and what health isn't and and that we can easily turn our um power and our and our choices over to something outside of ourselves but i think the first principle notion is that once you learn that accept that to be true for that first layer then the the how just becomes a lot more clear in your own personal life so yep. yeah you want to say something
0: well, i was just going to say it becomes common ground that we can all relate yes. to, right i think that's a very important like you know the the letters in the english language and how those are to be put together in the form of grammar is our is our common ground that we can use to communicate and if I'm speaking a totally different language than you, it's very hard for us to communicate. And so I think this is first mm-hmm. principles of physiology is the base layer, uh, common ground way that we can relate to one another and make sense of each other's results and make sense of our own experience of reality um, to kind of bring it back to sort of the fundamentals that we all must abide by, right? Like you and I have no choice. We have to abide by the fundamentals of, um, physics, like we can't just choose not to operate with, we can't just choose to get rid of gravity. Right. We can't just choose, um, to circumvent the laws of biology. So we need to know what those laws are so that we can make sure that we're acting in alignment with them and use those laws to make sense of our experience. Yeah.
1: So this will be a good place for us to talk about the metaphor that you like to use for first principles. Um, since you talked about common ground, let's talk about the tree of understanding that grows from the common ground.
0: Mm. Yeah. The tree of understanding is to me, it's a framework for under for contextualizing first principles thinking of knowing like, what are all the different layers? And it's pretty simple. I like trees. I like spending time. So, um, you know, the tree of understanding is like a hierarchy of importance, where the most foundational things are of highest importance. And the more peripheral things are, are of lowest importance because they're contextual, right? They're going to vary from person to person. Um and so I break this model into four, four parts: the roots of a tree, the trunk, the branches, and the leaves. And so the roots, I think an important part with the roots is to be um for ourselves to be aware of what our roots are, right? And to build a strong tree, a strong tree, or to grow a strong tree, you need to have a strong root system. And so the roots in this metaphor are our identity, our sense of identity, uh, our values, and sort of our level of self-awareness. How aware are we of how we think and what biases we have? So that, those are kind of the roots of the tree. The trunk is first principles. And we're going to unpack these principles uh, right after we go through the tree of understanding. But for me, the, the major prin- first principles of physiology are the said principle Doing the body as a self-organizing system of systems and a self-healing organism. So those are like really important first principles. That's the trunk. We have to agree on that. Um, the branches are heuristics and sort of a root cause awareness of major issues. And then the leaves are specific contextual knowledge. So this might be like specific facts or studies or diets or exercise programs. Like they're very contextual from person to person, and they're not actually that important hierarchically, right? The roots are the most important. The trunk is extremely important. You know, we should foster each other to build stronger roots and also make sure we all understand that the trunk is the most important part. That's our common ground. And so, um, you know, I think we, we need to be mindful of the roots in terms of the self. We need to agree on the trunk. We can discuss the branches and find, we should find a lot of commonalities in the branches that we see based on the trunk. Um, and we can use the leaves as data from our own individual experiments, but not necessarily the focus of our conversations, right? We can compare leaves, but to focus on them is actually missing out on the really important stuff, which is the fundamentals. Um, I think in conventional school, we get taught a lot of leaves, right? Like you're taught what the leaves are, so you can memorize them and write down the leaves. If you're asked the leaves on a test. Um, I really wish they taught me the trunk so that I could discover my own leaves. Um, and you know, the, the thing with the leaves is contextual specifics have way less relevance. Um, when, when it comes to health, cause we're all forming our own understanding of health. So to be told what health is by being told the leaves really, um, goes against first principles thinking. So I think based on that mental model, it's like roots, trunk, branches, leaves, we need to be aware of our own roots, uh, and help each other grow strong roots, right? Because I think our roots only change our sense of self, our values, Um, our level of self-awareness that I think is developed through others with others. Um, and yeah, I think if we just focus on helping each other build stronger roots and make sure we all agree by consensus on the trunk, then the rest of the conversations will come about and they're, you know, the, the more peripheral layers are less important and, you know, we should embrace diversity of everyone's individual leaves, but we need to really agree on the trunk. And so that's kind of where we focus on.
1: Yeah. uh, There's something in there about the leaves and the branches being more easily pruned, you know, or like you can, you can shape Mm. the leaves, the leaves and the branches, like the shape of the tree can change based on, based on like, I mean, there's just so much in that tree to play with. Right. So like the leaves being the leaves falling, falling off seasonally and changing seasonally and the branches can be pruned and shaped and, and the shape of the tree can change, but you still have, I I know it's just coming to me right now. When I very first heard your tree, I was anticipating back in a Zoom call or something about what your talk was going to be based on the tree of understanding. And I was like, first principles And my brain thought sunlight and water, you know, as just first principles thinking, and then whatever the nutrients are in the soil, make the, you know, make for the, there's just so much to play with in that. Um, and the analogy of the tree, we could go on for a long time, Mickey Pop.
0: Yeah, I think everyone should almost make up their own uh, framework, right? That's just Ooh, the one yeah. that I have. I just want to yeah. share what I use, but I am by no means saying everyone needs to adopt that. Right, right. Because no, um, uh, even that metaphor itself has gone through like many iterations, um, have like a different version that does include sun. And then, um, yeah, I, I tried to simplify it because I realized that simple simplicity is often elegance, but, you know, you can, everyone should make up their own metaphor or own framework um, to kind of figure out, okay, what's the context of where first principles fit in and how do I sort of develop my own mental model of what is most important and relevant and what is more superficial and more contextual. And if everyone has that, then we can, uh, you can navigate a lot easier with that compass.
1: Okay. So should we get into the principles of physiology? Yep. This and first we're not going
0: we don't need to spend a huge amount of time because they are, I mean, principles by their nature are simple and foundational. So yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's dive it. into
1: them. Okay. So the first one is the said principle. Specific, that stands for, it's the acronym that stands for specific adaptation to imposed demand. And that's defined as um, the principle that the human body will impartially adapt to whatever inputs that we give it. So I was just going to turn it right over to you to elaborate on that.
0: Yeah, I got three lines. And the the first one that I thought was really important that you said was um, impartial. Like that's really important. That's a really important point. So let's double click on that for a sec. What we mean by that is that the body doesn't know, is not trying to predict the future of what will be good for you or bad for you. Um, All it's doing is making sense of the information you give it. So whether you give it bad information or good information, it will impartially adapt based on that information. And so, you know, this brings out the concept of unintentional negative adaptations, right? Mm -hmm. Like no one tries to be good at sitting at the expense of all other movements, but almost every day we give our body information to be good at sitting by sitting, right? Um, No, one's trying to be good at being distracted and not able and not be good at focusing, but we train ourselves to be distracted by the inputs that we give our body. So I think impartial is very important. Um, You know, that saying like, there's no um, bad dogs, only uninformed owners, like Mm -hmm. that holds true with the body. It's the exact same thing. And so if you, I think the big thing with the said principle is like view everything through the said principle and you discover radical clarity, uh, on a lot of fronts view, every injury, view, every limitation you have view, every, um, objective that you have. And like, maybe I want to build more muscle. Okay. Well, I want to build more of this muscle, um, So I need to impose this demand so that I create this specific adaptation of building more muscle there. So just view everything radically through the said principle. uh, And remember that oftentimes we are the ones causing injuries, but we may not realize the inputs we're giving our body to create the injury. And so that's where we have to look.
1: When I first joined the foot nerd program, I was reflecting on, on this very thing that you were saying, because you really do have to take pause. And like you said, double click on that. And I had, I was having a flashback to when I was watching, I think like a tennis match in high school or something. And I had been watching for a long time on TV and my parents were like, turn the TV off and go outside and play. And I was like, I'm learning, I'm learning how to play tennis. And then my mom was like, when you're watching TV, you're not learning how to do anything, but how to be a better TV watcher. Now get outside. And I was like, Ooh, mama okay I but at first I was like I didn't respond to the first principle I responded to my mom being like the matriarch and a a badass and I was gonna I needed to do what she said but like what I was looking back from from like the first principles just reflecting on first principles and I was like oh I get that you know I get that more deeply now so I was thinking about that um Nick the next principle is that the body Human body is an amazing self-organizing, self-healing specimen, magical machine.
0: Indeed it is. I think we underappreciate how insanely advanced our bodies are. Um, Cause it's easy to take for granted, right? It's just me, right? We don't even, we don't even uh, think of it from an objective perspective. It's just like, this is just me. What are you talking about? This, this is just I, me, my thing, whatever. Um I think there's two principles there. First one, the body as a self-organizing system of systems. So there's a bunch of interconnected systems and self-organizing means that the body optimizes perfectly based on the inputs and the environment that it finds itself within. Right. So that I think I'll say it again, because I think it's important. The body optimizes perfectly based on the set of inputs it receives in the environment it finds itself within. So the challenge then is to understand the inputs to give to our bodies so that the optimizations that they produce align with health. And so, so that's number one. Number two is self-healing and understanding that our, the body heals itself and our natural default state is health, but natural inputs are required to achieve our natural state. And so then the chat, then the question is like, what is a natural input, right? Like, how can we understand, uh, what natural imports are and how do we work on exposing ourselves more to natural inputs, knowing that those will naturally restore the body to health. So Nick, my,
1: my Cheetos bag says natural, natural cheese flavor.
0: I don't know if you should trust your Cheetos bag.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I Just mean, kidding. do the Cheetos experiment, eat 10 Cheetos bags and let me know how you feel and how you poop. That's a good experiment. (laughs) Um, I mean, even something as simple as like sometimes, well, here's a little short story. So a couple of times a year, I eat uh, a plant and it gives me a different lens to view the world through. And I remember one of these such occasions, I cut myself, small cut. And I just basically like stared at the cut and meditated on the fact that I have no doubt that my body is going to literally at the cellular level, rebuild itself and patch me up better than anything that I could ever buy to do that. Like this machine, this thing, this biological specimen heals itself. And even just thinking about how your skin heals itself when it's cut is a, is a beautiful uh, way to explore how insanely complex our body is. Right. Um, And I think having a biology background and having seen all these crazy, like, um, videos, putting cellular machinery into video form so that you can visualize it, like really impacted me because I literally started visualizing, okay, well, these cells are going to come to make sure that there's no invader. These cells are going to come and they're going to take away the garbage. These cells are going to come and they're going to deliver nutrients so that my, the, the, the skin cells can start to aggregate and create a scab and like all these different things. It's like, we take it for granted, but our body is an insanely advanced healing machine Um, And recently I injured myself injured my calf and just thinking about the process that my body knows how to heal itself, but it's my responsibility to give it the right input so that it heals in alignment with what I want to do with my body in future. And I think that that's really important. So we're healing machines. Our bodies know exactly how to optimize our journey with health is about writing our own user's manual for how to use this machine tailored to the life we want to live. And so yeah, I think it's, I don't think I need to say anything else. I think that's, you know, self-organizing, self-healing. Don't take those for granted. Think about them. Understand that your job is not to tell the body how to heal, it's to give it the right inputs so that it heals in alignment with health.
1: Mm-hmm. And that is a first principle. But I think you, I think you touched on something about having a background in biology. And, and I just assume that we've all had at some point in our high school, a biology class where you learn a little bit of, I mean, you don't have to learn very much about how the cells work, but they we're made of 70 to 100 trillion, you know, molecular geniuses that have all the hardware and the software and the tools to be able to, they're designed to do this. We're designed to, We're designed to heal and we're designed to organize and we're designed to be in balance all the time um but but if you haven't had the biology you, all you would have to do is like go online and do a, you know go on youtube and do it and find an entertaining amazing biology class based on first principles and you could study about this the amazing cells and what they do when your body gets cut um one thing i wanted to maybe just talk about a little bit and help and ask you to unpack too is the idea that you know these aren't difficult ideas but but our attention does get hijacked and we have a lot of external inputs. And I was thinking about this while we were prepping for this call today. And I was thinking like, why is it so difficult for us to, um, to like cut out the noise between like what our body just naturally does, which is uh, you know, basically self-heal, self-organize. And we really are truly designed to feel balanced and good all the time but we don't and the reason why obviously is that external the external inputs come in the way of marketing and there's money to be made which isn't a bad thing um but the thing is is that there is there is a lot more money to be made if we are not aware of first principles do you know what i mean so it's like i i think i think i was thinking like everybody everybody should know automatically that they have this magical machine of a body that will do whatever we ask it to do and will adapt to whatever inputs we give it. And so based on the confusing sort of mismatch nature of like how the state of our bodies are in modern culture and, and all the comforts that we have externally, I wanted to talk a little bit about the role of pain. I know we're going to cover that in a future lesson, but I really want to focus primarily on the discomfort of changing habits, because perhaps the inputs that we've been giving our body for a long period of time have been, you know, not so great. And we have to ask ourselves and monitor and self-reflect about what is the quality of my life or what is healthy for me. And if we, and if we decide that we want to make changes, there's going to probably be some discomfort that we have to, that we have to wait for while we're making these changes. So would you mind just like speaking a little bit more to like the role of pain and the role of discomfort while we're making new habit changes and the maybe just the role of pain in general?
0: Sure. I want to just talk about one thing that we talked about before this whole notion Mm -hmm. that health is our default state comes through receiving natural inputs. And this notion that as humans, we've, we've, Figured out how to design supernatural inputs, right? Which seems great. It's like, well, if naturally I get to health, supernatural must mean I get super health. But oftentimes there are these things that essentially captivate us in one one of our like evolutionary strings, right? Let's take let's take food. McDonald's food is a supernatural form of food, not in the sense that it's extremely natural. It is um, a super intense stimulus that tricks our brain that we're getting something really good because evolutionary if something was um, fatty and salty and super super calorically dense it was good for us but typically those things also came along with some sort of density of nutrients right and so these supernatural stimuli tr- trigger our brain to really love these things but they leave out the most often the most important part right like Porn is a prime example of a sutra, supernatural stimulus, right? You get all the visuals, all the intense stuff, but you get zero connection because it's literally just a, it's one little subsegment, and we miss out on all the nutrients that we would typically get from, um, uh, food or from sex or whatever it is. So I think we need to be re- really aware of supernatural, um, super, supernatural stimuli, not necessarily being something good, but being mindful that, okay, this might seem like it's something I want and might feel good, but, I need to be honest with myself. I need to have strong enough roots in my tree of understanding to be self-aware that maybe that's not good long-term. And what are the hints that I'm getting that it's not good long-term? And I think that's what pain is, right? Like pain is a Mm -hmm. signal designed to stimulate change, right? It's our Mm -hmm. body saying, it's our body giving us a warning signal, essentially telling us we are giving our body, we're giving ourselves the wrong inputs for optimal organization and and healing. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, with pain being a hint and we'll cover pain in a later lesson, but pain is a hint from our bodies and we need to listen to it, right. In order to kind of nudge us in the right direction. It's like a little, a little reminder. Um, and yeah, I think for the purposes of this lesson, you know, pain, whether that be physical, mental, or spiritual, spiritual is one of the many feedback signals that our bodies use to orient us towards healing and away from damage. I think that's maybe the best way to talk about pain right now
1: yeah and that's a good segue into root cause understanding right because if if we're I mean if we well you said like if we have if we're making changes to our health which most I'm I'm assuming that people who are coming into this program are trying to um have more natural inputs have like access to understanding in a deeper way, the nature of, of one's own health. So can we talk about root cause understanding and what that, why that's important?
0: Hmm. Yeah. I think if you want to solve a problem, you have to start by understanding the problem. Mm-hmm. And I personally feel it's better to spend time thinking about the root cause of a problem than to think about solutions to the wrong problem. And I think symptoms are often very obvious, right? So, so if we, if we conflate symptoms as the true problem, then the solution we are going to have, even if it's a really good solution to the wrong problem is not going to solve the underlying problem. So, you know, really understanding the root cause of something requires many more layers of, of thinking and reasoning and understanding, and often requires you to start from first principles. And so, you know, I, I think back as to like, you know, I see these principles as the most important thing, most important fundamental basis of my understanding of health. And I kind of think of like, well, when did I hear about these? Like I did hear about them in school, but they were so glanced over and underemphasized that I never realized the true importance of like where those are placed to build a hierarchical understanding of less important things, less um, like more contextual things. So I think we just... You know, that's why we're doing a whole lesson on it because I think these principles, if you truly revert back to them every time you face a problem, it gives a lot of clarity and it gives a lot better direction. So, I think, um, in terms of root cause understanding, it's like symptoms are obvious, root causes are more, require more work. So, let's put in more work to understand the problem before jumping to solutions to the wrong problem. And the purpose is The purpose of doing experiments is to essentially confirm or disconfirm a root cause hypothesis. And so you have to view it as like an experiment. Okay, I'm going to hypothesize the root cause of this problem is this. I'm going to do an experiment and I'm going to review. Did that actually change whatever metric I'm measuring? Yes or no. If no, oh, I have the wrong problem. That's not the root cause problem. I need to go a little bit deeper. I need to reassess. So I think root cause understanding is important. These are heuristics, right? Like rules of thumb things that you can say that are fairly simple in and of themselves are kind of like principles, right? Like eat real food is a really good heuristic for food. Um, you need to go deeply into defining what is real food, but that's doesn't change the fact that if someone has the adequate understanding, it's a really good principle, really good. Um, you know, the way to reduce issues, food related issues is to eat real food. You know, that would be like a a branch of the tree, which we get to based on understanding uh, the trunk as well, your body is going to adapt positively to natural input. So what is natural food? Well, that's real food. Okay. How do we define that further? Um, but yeah, I think just always focusing on root cause understanding, which, you know, there's often like decoys that will distract us, right? Symptoms or um, maybe not always like superficial symptoms, but there are sub problems, which often cause the symptoms and the sub problem might not be the root problem. So the root problem is like, what is the deepest problem that is resulting in a cascade of issues leading to symptoms? And like I said, it's like, you got to understand, you got to really want to spend brain energy, understanding a problem deeply and know that the bulk of my time spent understanding a problem is a better use than trying to do superficial solutions without being totally clear on the problem. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. And so the next thing we have is to talk about trusting our physiology. So I think like understanding our understanding first principles that we've discussed today, um, taking an approach like you're talking about by uh, looking at the root cause of a problem deeply um, requires a self, requires like a little bit of time and self-awareness, right? So it's always going to come back to self-awareness. And from experience, in my own personal experience, there is discomfort involved in changing, you know? Um, There's discomfort involved in learning to trust the physiology because of, like, all the supernatural inputs that we have that you've been talking about. So it takes time and self-awareness and asking ourselves um, the question, like, is this Good for me is just improving the quality of my life and then trusting the self healing self organizing um, human organism that we have assigned to us that is beautifully adapted and beautifully it's a beautiful, elegant architecture and if we can. um, Go back to trusting what it's designed to do, which is to allow us to enjoy our human lives here while while we get to be here, then I think we are. Um, on the path to health, Nikki Pop. So tell me about um what you want to say about trusting physiology, and then we'll go to our experiments.
0: I agree with what you said. That was really well said. I heard a thing the other day that said, We, you know, we are not the ocean in a drop of water. No, I fucked that up. (laughs) We We are not a drop of water in the ocean, we are the ocean and a drop of water. And this whole notion that, like instead of being a little speck in the galaxy, we are the galaxy in the form of a speck, right? Like all of the intelligence of the entire natural world is literally contained in one of those 1 trillion cells that we're made up of. Mm -hmm. And just this notion that like, you know, back to getting to trust your physiology, trust that your body knows exactly what to do. It's a massively reassuring mindset. And I found it to be true. And, you know, instead of trying, instead of being worried about whether or not your is going to heal, focus on optimizing the inputs and trust that your physio- physiology is literally working every nanosecond of every second of every minute of every hour of every day of every year to literally adapt to the information you're giving to it. You just have to give it the right information yeah. and giving it the right information has behind it the process of learning about what is good information to give my body. Right. And that's yeah. kind of what this program is. Like we're building a framework for people to be able to understand how to uncover all this information in a systematic way so that they're not just lost and guessing mm-hmm. but at the end of the day we're not prescriptively telling people how to discover the information or what that information is because only the individual can discover that mm-hmm. and so you know we have the most advanced technology that nature created we just need to remember how to use it properly and so just trust that your body will heal but it's your responsibility to use to expose your body and use it in a way that, Aligns with healing, aligns with natural inputs, right? And unnatural or supernatural, supernatural is still unnatural. So just figure out what are natural inputs I can give my body in the context of all pillars mm-hmm. and focus on doing experiments to confirm or disconfirm whether you're on the right track. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And, you and that's know what you're experiments the- are.
1: Yeah. And you know you're on the right track because you will feel distinctly better or distinctly worse. And you'll have to, you'll have to, uh, adjust and course correct and I wanted to say one more thing about trusting your physiology because when I teach my yoga classes like toward the end of you know all throughout the class we say trust trust yourself trust trust yourself first you know not trust yourself only but trust yourself first. Mm-hmm. and that came to me when you wrote um, trust your physiology I was thinking yeah trust your physiology first. Like you don't have to, and I think we, we have it backwards, right? So there's so much like input coming in to not trust our own physiology first, like take this, do that, buy that. Not that any of that is bad inherently, but trust your physiology first, not only, but first. And then it seems like you can't really go wrong.
0: Well, Um, an interesting thing is like the, the more someone makes money by, by pretending to fix you, the more they're going to create doubt that your physiology, it works properly, right? They're going to, they're going to say, oh, you're broken. I can fix you. This is the relationship where in reality, it's like your physiology is perfect Mm -hmm. and they should only be helping you discover the right inputs to give, to optimize your physiology. So we have this really weird thing where we've pitted, like medicine is pitted against health because medicine exists when health is absent. And not that people in medicine don't want you to be healthy, but their job revolves around identifying when health is absent and how to treat the symptoms often, almost always mm-hmm. of that problem, never root cause. Cause that's just not what they're taught. Um, and so we just need to trust your physiology first, before you trust someone claiming that they're going to fix you. Yeah. And, and, that, and that goes
1: for even the most well-intentioned, right? Not even sure. just medicine. It's like yep. supplement stores, trainers, sure. all of it. So not
0: that they don't have a part, but I think primary trust is, this thing works really fucking well. What am I doing to screw it up? Mm-hmm. Right. I don't need some thing, some magical thing. I need to better understand how to give my body better inputs. Yep.
1: How about experiments? Do you want to suggest a couple experiments for this lesson?
0: I like the ones that you listed there. Um, okay. You know, you wrote, explain the tree. You know, to yep. really learn, to really learn a concept deeply, the best way is to explain it. So learn it, explain it to someone. Um, start taking notes on said principle and and ways that you see it materialize in real life. Right. Um, like even something as simple as, okay, my hip is stiff. I want to improve the mobility of my hip. So if the specific adaptation I desire is improved hip mobility and be more specific, improved hip extension, then the imposed demand might first be subtract away the demand I'm imposing on my body, that's, that's actually resulting in the opposite adaptation, right? If I want more hip extension, stop training hip flexion by sitting all day with my hip flexed, right? Like start really working this principle into your life and thinking like, how am I, how, how do I see this principle in my life? Cause you really, it's, it's really hard at the start. And when you hit an inflection point, it's literally the default whereby you view everything through the said principle. Someone says, oh, my back hurts. You instantly ask them, why do you think it hurts? What are you doing to make it hurt? right? That is a complete reversal of the typical thing, which is like, Oh, you need this, or you need to do this. It's like, no, no, what are you doing to cause that problem? That, is, that becomes your default question. Anytime you face a health challenge, your default question is what am I doing to create this problem? What am I, you know, this is an unintentional adaptation that I don't like. So what is the imposed demand I'm doing that I probably don't realize I'm doing because if I did, I'd stop doing it and stop having this bad thing happen. So really start looking at life through the said principle. Uh, as a mental exercise, take down notes of insights that you're seeing of how you applied the said principle to get clarity about something you were maybe formerly confused about. Um, and then share it with other people, like share it with your learning partner, share it with your pod. Um, I think, you know, cause your insight turns into a collective insight when you share it. So I think yep. sharing is important.
1: Yeah. And I would, uh, for one extra little experiment, I was thinking that you could write down in your log all the past, like every, every possible um, event in your life where there was some, something big that happened um, with regards to specific um, adaptation to imposed demands. So like, I, I remembered that when I was in fourth grade, um, I had a cast on my left foot and it was on for too long. And then, and then just reflect on, on past events in your life and where you can identify the said principle at work. Um, With that, we hope you found this lesson helpful and you took down some notes in your log. Uh, Just listening to this lesson is proof of work and I think that's it. Thank you for taking responsibility for your health, health again and we are looking forward to connecting with you in the future. So, ciao for now, friends.